ourselves. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host tonight, Jeff Marlowe, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kathy Amos, and a special guest with us tonight. A member of the 1983 Big Ten Champions, Dr. Amy Matheny, is joining us for this conversation tonight. And we might also have a couple other guests that Dr. Matheny has lined up for us as well. So pay attention as you go through the podcast. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that's with our banner moment. And on tonight's banner moment, Kathy, I, I really was, you know, been a slow week being the 4th of July, but our good friend Ari got us this news earlier, and that is IU has announced that they have sold out reserved seats for season ticket package. All 30 rows on the east and west sides have been sold to season ticket holders, whereas in the past, season tickets always been general admission. The university announced earlier this year that they were going to have assigned seating for certain for the uh, for a handful of rows, and that kind of expanded with the, the with the demand. So I think we're going to see a lot of fans jamming Assembly Hall this this winter to watch the IU women. And that's awesome. Our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. And even though it's not March Madness going on, keep your eyes out for new stuff. Not only do you get quality apparel, but you are supporting Indiana-based business that has its root roots in the Kelly School of Business. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And Kathy, I got to say, I got one the other day, an email about they were doing a mystery box here in the summertime. Yes, <laughs> I did that. Although I'll be honest, I I'm a little turned. I, I didn't do it either. I did it during March Madness and I'm a little scared since then because I got a Miami shirt. Um <laughs> And it was literally right after both the men and women lost to them. And so I'm a little scared off of the mystery boxes, but don't let other people be deterred. I would, I, it was a lot of fun, actually, still, um, despite that, when I got a lot of really cool shirts throughout that um, three-week time period. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, what did you think about the ticket news? Yeah, I thought that was great. I mean, um, with um, Ari again, thanks. Ari for the the math and the the digging and asking around about that and with the math just with the the assigned seating season tickets they have probably over 7,000 guaranteed fans every game now at least um, ticket wise and with that um doesn't even count the general admission season tickets so I think last year the season ticket count was 2,600 so they've by far more than doubled it and almost tripled it. So I, I think that it just it speaks volumes for um, probably what we'll be talking with these ladies about tonight, where we have been and where we are today, and just how much especially Coach Marin and Morin and all of our players have really done to, to kind of grow the program and that the fan bases responded in, in kind. Somebody's got to get married. Uh, yeah. And so we're going to introduce our, our, our first our first guest here, Dr. Amy Matheny uh, from the 1983 championship team. And, and Amy, um, I'm old enough to remember when you played at Southport and I can remember that state championship game. Yeah. I, 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 hey, I, I but I, and I will come back to that a little bit because I, that kind of gets back into a question I have for, for all of you who are going to be here tonight. But just when you hear that news about 7,000 people coming into Assembly Hall to watch the women's team. What does that mean to you as somebody who played and has watched this program over the years? Uh, it's so exciting. I mean, 
I can't tell you how we all feel. I mean, because we're now, you know, although we consider it our program and we're alumni, we're also fans now, right? I mean, we love this program. We love Coach Morin and her staff. We love kids. And so it's just, it is so exciting, you know, going in and, I mean, I, I would have given anything. I think all my teammates would say the same thing. We'd have given anything to play in front of a crowd like that. I mean, that's why you go to IU, right? We've gone to the men's games for years. So um, that would have been awesome. But I, you know, they have earned this, right? They are, you know, to me, they are one of the best teams in the country to watch play. They are fundamental they play hard every night. These kids really like each other. You can see their chemistry on the court. Um, I think they're as good as as good as anybody in the country. And I think last year you saw our ticket numbers went up, right? Um, maybe Iowa was the only other school in the country. Part of that is yep. the size of our stadium, and Iowa has Caitlin Clark. But <laughs> over that our our tickets went up as high as anybody in the country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we were second in attendance in the conference behind Iowa. So yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and I think again, we're that's the conference, but I think we're one and two in the country. It's it's hard to look at Connecticut because they have a small arena, they sell out, so we don't know where their ceiling is, but we have a bigger ceiling. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And we're also joined here this evening by Deborah McClurg from the 1983 team. Uh, Deborah is a a Westdale High School graduate around the Muncie area, and and, and again, I was I should mention both this, Kathy. Both these ladies are members of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame as well. And so, yeah. welcome with, to us, to Deborah. And just curious, Deborah, what we kind of the same thing for that we asked Amy. What does it mean to you when you see now that IU is possibly going to have on average seven thousand people every game, minimum? Oh, you walk in and all you do is a 360. I mean, <laughs> you look in. I mean, when we did the NIT and you saw the lights go down, introducing the team, I've, I've got goosebumps right now, which, by the way, I'm in Canada, Jasper uh, Park, Canada, talking to you all because I wouldn't miss this. It is, this is, going back to your question, it brings almost brings me to tears to think where we are right now and where we were. And thank goodness for Birch Bay and Title IX. Yes. And I'm just telling you, our Indiana guy that uh, allowed this to happen for allowed us the whole thing to happen. So uh, yes, when I walk in that arena, it is it just brings chills and tears to my eyes. Yep. Absolutely. So um, for me, so as a gal growing up in Southern Indiana in the early 90s, I, I saw changes with Title IX coming in, right? And, and things that happened in just the four years of high school that I played um, basketball and did other sports. But for you, um, going back to 1983, maybe can you, Amy, start with, with you and tell us some of the difficulties you faced as a woman athlete back in 1983 and how you think Title IX has helped to address some of those difficulties. And then, yeah, I'd love to hear from you as well, Deborah, and see what kind of take you have. Um, well, Deb said it, you know, thank you to Birch Bay. He's our own Indiana guy. And 
Title IX is the difference in everything. Because, you know, Deb, so Deb's a year older than I am. I think, Deb, am I right? You were the first year they had the NCAA tournament. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Amy. Right. So before that, we were AIAW. And what you need to understand, back in the day, the people that were coaching us, like my high school coach and I know Deb's high school coach, they didn't play the game even that we played. My high school coach played six on six, you know, and you couldn't go over the half court line. And and so that's what a dramatic difference. And I won't get into, you know, the history of it. But if you understand really Title IX, I mean, without that, women would not have had the opportunities for scholarships and to be where we are today because they were there were people that were saying, Women can't compete. It's too um, exhausting to the body. It's too much trauma to a woman's body. I mean, this was the medical history of the day. I'm not kidding you. Right. It seems absurd now. And I just so- want to say, clearly, they haven't seen childbirth then. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, Jeff. I will say that there was research done by men, but that's exactly right. And Title IX literally changed everything. It started with getting scholarships and full rides to colleges. It started with we got to have tournaments and just all the same. I mean, Deb and I'll tell you, we thought we thought we were living the high life, man. I mean, I came from a middle class family and we never went out to eat. You know, we got meals before games. We traveled on the the uh the team plane, you know, the uh, the charter plane they used to have uh-huh. back in the day. It was a little scary, but, <laughs> but it was the same one the men traveled on. And right. they would leave us notes. Sam White, the football coach, would leave us a note on the plane like, hey, good luck in the upcoming game. And so I just don't think people – I think it's important that we keep telling the Title IX story because I think kids today need to understand how far we came. I mean, Deb and I have sat – at award ceremonies for people older than us at IU where they talk about, they had to give their socks back, you know, at the end of the season. And that was the only thing they were given. They had to pay for everything else. Well, we had to borrow the basketballs, you know, and, and, uh, you know, kind of going back to high school. Oh, I think think she locked up on us. It's that Canadian, uh, (laughs) it's the Canadian outdoorsy (laughs) internet. (laughs) The and wildfires you know, have gotten to her internet. Knowing Deb, she's already done a two-mile hike. Okay, there she is. There she is. Oh, oh. Sorry, Deb, you froze up on us a little bit. <laughs> okay, sorry. I don't know where I left you, but uh, going back like to high I school. Said, going, going back, back to high school. Going back to high school. Oh, high school. We had to wait till the men were done with the gym. Yeah. And then 7 or 8 o'clock at night, you know, yeah, yeah you guys can have the gym. And we <laughs> had to borrow the basketballs. My high school coach would pay for our uniforms. We didn't know that, but she was, you know, one of those uh, uh, pioneers for women's basketball. Her name's Kay Saunders and mm-hmm. provided that opportunity for us. I mean, she was ahead of her time, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, and she was a coach. She was like a second mom to me and she coached every sport, cheerleading. She coached uh, gymnastics. She coached volleyball. You know what I mean? It was it was a time where I feel lucky that I saw how it was and then how it became. 
And I was fortunate enough, like Amy said, uh, to come to IU when we were uh, joined with the NCAA tournament, uh, probably 82, Amy, 81, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, you look back and you laugh. But I agree with Amy that, you know, these young kids have no idea what we went through. So, you, you know, to a certain port, point, Amy, we are pioneers. But there I were pioneers before us that old. led the way. We're old. I know. <laughs> hey, look at my hair. Look at I'm my gonna, hair. I'm going to give Deb the first chance at this one, but I want both of you to talk about it a little bit because you both are really, it's especially in Indiana, you're both kind of in that infant stage of this high, girls' high school basketball tournament in Indiana. The, the 76 is the first year for the state tournament. So you, 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 you all played, you all played basically through your high school careers in the state tur- in that you know infant state tournament. What was it like for you as young women who were now getting some of the, the, the initial benefits of Title IX? What was the recruiting process like for you guys as you were starting to come out and look to go to college? It, I mean, obviously, it's not like it is today. I mean, it was probably more word of mouth, mm-hmm. right, Amy, of who yeah. was who. Um, but, I mean, I don't really know how that because I was kind of a volleyball, basketball kind of person, but uh, there were, were strict rules, kind of like the player had to contact the coach first before you could talk to them and, you know, crazy rules like that. But um, it's not like it is now. I mean, uh, uh, like I said, back then it was word of mouth or maybe some AU tournament. I mean, now you have so many tournaments or all-stars or whatever going on. Amy, you would know more than me. Well, I didn't, we didn't even play, you know, AAU. We had a wide league, but all that was local. Like Deb said, our coaches usually did the reaching out for us, sometimes unbeknownst to us, right? Uh, mostly it was local. It wasn't cross state lines, Um you know, when, when Mary Alice came, our coach, um, oh, Deb's junior year, my, uh, my freshman year, Deb's sophomore year, Deb was still playing volleyball. Deb's one of the last true two sport athletes at IU. I mean, it, it's really difficult to do, mm. which tells you what a great athlete she is and why she's <laughs> had so many surgeries, right, Deb? Uh, <laughs> but you – you know, when Mary Alice came, she didn't know who any of us were because she was an Ohio coach in Division Two. So it was very different. And you had to try out. You had to go to the school and play because they didn't have a budget for recruiting. I mean, they, they might get to come to a game or two, but they weren't doing what they did now. And not everybody played in these big AAU that were cross state lines and things like that. It's just com- yeah. completely, completely different. You kind of had to seek out the school you were interested in. Yeah. So kind of following through with that, Amy, I think in particular your journey from high school and so how you made the actual team then as a a scholarship players, I I found that interesting. Would you maybe kind of talk on the highlights and because, you know, going from there to a walk on to a starting point guard, it sounds like quite the journey. So maybe talk to us a little bit about that. And then Deb, I would love to hear your history as well from high school to how you got to, to Indiana as well. Um, Deb and I both have very unique stories because um, Deb is a two sport. So I 
you know, I'm an Indiana kid. I grew up in South side of Indianapolis. I mean, I watched Bob Knight's team on the black and white TV. I remember watching Steve Green play UCLA. Um, I wanted to go to Indiana. And um, I mean, you know, if I could have played for Bob Knight, that's what I would have done. But that was Indiana, right? It was basketball in the country. And so um, at the time I was recruited by, I was being recruited by like Old Dominion, which nobody probably knows now, but then back in the day, that was a big school. But you know, I remember my dad and I getting out the map and looking at it. And I thought, my parents won't be able to go to any of my games. What well, I mean, why even go out there for a visit? You know, I knew, you know, I looked at other places, Miami of Ohio recruited me. But at the end of the day, I was an Indiana kid. Well, the coach there was recruiting me and she got fired. And I'm in the state tournament. So I can't have any contact with them until I'm finished, which is late February. By the time I was supposed to come see them, she was fired. And so, and I was a senior, I hadn't, you know, made a decision yet. So there were no scholarships left. So I, I went in and told the coach, you know, that I was coming and um, Deborah laughed. The first thing Coach Jeremiah said to me was, um, you're awfully short. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, huh, that might not be a good sign for a point, but so anyway, but I was like, I'm coming. And I was all, you know, I'm going to be here. Well, we had, uh, they already had their scholarship players and she brought a couple scholarship players with her. So they already had, they cut two scholarship players from the team that year. So here I come from Indiana, all, you know, being number two for Miss Basketball, winning the state tournament. Everybody thought this is great. I'm going to Indiana and I get cut. and. Um, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, now what do I do? And I remember my mom calling up and saying, uh, you know, do you want us to come get you? Where, where do you want to go to school? You know, I was recruited by division two, but I was five, four. And I was like, you know, and this was the day and age they wanted a six foot point guard. And I was like, I'm going to show them that, you know, I don't care how little I am. I'm going to show them that I could play at that level. So it was maybe a little stubbornness or whatever, but, um, you know, I, I came back into Mary Alice and said, I'm going to be coming out next year again. I think she thought I was nuts and, um, and I'll do anything I can to help you. And of course, then I played AU that summer and, and then she asked me to work camp. I think that's Deb comes into the picture at this point, right, Deb? Cause they had lost a couple players on the team and, um, you know, I work camp and then, so I I'm on the team the next year, but it was it was a really tough year for a kid that came out of Indiana thinking, you know, this is going to be, you know, uh, this is my dream. And all of a sudden that gets taken away. But, you know, I'd say this to anybody that the first time you get that no, use it to fuel you. And it did. I was like, I will show them. And. And I tried to just keep a positive attitude with the coach. Like, what can I do to help? And the time came, I think, that um, they were looking for that. So it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That says a lot, too, about your work ethic, too, and and your passion for wanting to go to Indiana. So glad glad that you stuck it out. So, yeah, maybe, Deb, you want to give us your story of how you came from high school to becoming a two-sport 
um, player in at Indiana? Well, I was uh, a volleyball player, basketball player. I think I played every sport. I even was on the bowling team in high school. Of course, I came from a really small school. It would be and a she was probably the best bowler. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another story. But anyway, um, so I went on scholarship. Actually, a full ride scholarship. Probably one of the first volleyball players, uh, Ann Lover. Uh, uh, took a chance on me. And, and so I went to IU uh, on a full volleyball scholarship. So that's my freshman year in 79. And then in 80, uh, Mary Alice came along and, you know, I love basketball. And so I thought, uh, well, you know, a new coach and a few people uh, kind of quit on the team. And so I thought I'd go to practice on uh Tuesday, just to kind of check it out, maybe to try out the next year. And of course, you're in Assembly Hall, and I'm the only person in the stands. They wanted to know who I was. And so they came over, What are you doing here? And I said, Well, maybe I'm thinking about trying out next year and maybe play volleyball and basketball. And then Mary Alice goes, Why don't you try out tomorrow? And so I tried out the next day on Wednesday, and I was on a flight to Pittsburgh. Uh, that Friday. So uh, then all of a sudden I'm on the team. So uh, I finished that year and then come around my, um, would be my junior year. Uh, both coaches had decided that I needed to choose between the two, that I couldn't play both. And so I chose basketball. And uh, I think either decision would have been a great decision. Uh but I will say that some of my friends for life, uh, you're seeing here on the screen and, uh, uh, you know, you always make decisions and you look forward and with all due respect with the Indiana volleyball, I wish I could have played both, but, uh, I was given, you know, you got to make a choice and that's what I did. And I love my basketball teammates and I'm still close. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I that I've got from some of our research is just how close you guys still are. Yeah. Here we are, you know, 40 years later, how close you still are. And I want to kind of take this question to both of you. And I'll start. I want Deb's response first, and then we'll get Amy's. So you both got in there, new coach, Mary Alice Jeremiah comes in. And so just talk a little bit, Deb, you first, then Amy. What you what about Coach Jeremiah? I mean, what was she like? I mean, again, I remember her, but I never you know, obviously I didn't see too many games on TV at those times for you and things, but I know she had some success. But just talk about what Mary Alice Jeremiah as a person and a coach was like. Well, I think, you know, she came from division two and won a national championship. So the respect was there. And uh, I think that uh, being a new player, uh, knowing, uh, you know, that, that IU ha was committing to women's basketball, I felt like this was a good opportunity for me. And so I jumped on and Mary Alice happened to be the head coach and, and uh, you know, we were successful with her, with the group that we had. Yeah, I, I think defense was probably the big thing. Um, the game was so different from high school to college. They always talk about that jump from every, you know, uh, remember the first game we played Kentucky and they're swiping at the ball. I'm like, Oh, okay. They're, they're quicker. Um, but I think that was one of the things that, that I learned from Mary Alice was defense. We, we played really tough, um, uh, man to man defense. 
And I mean, I think that's, and, and Deb can tell you, but I think that's one of the reasons we won the Big Ten, that um, we went to the Sweet 16 and, you know, probably could have gone farther. And, you know, any teams like, you know, we had struggles that first year. You heard some some people left the, the year Deb came on that I didn't make the team my freshman year. But then this the sophomore year, you know, there were struggles. You've got new kids coming in. You've got kids from the old coach. But, I mean, this is where I think a team finds a way. Because that, that next year we came in and it was just like, you know, we've got the pieces to be great. And we, it's just that chemistry and you, you can't make chemistry happen. It just does. Right. And I think some of it happens off the court, right? We, we uh, went to McCormick's Creek a lot and played uh, uh, cooked hamburgers. And we had, uh, we were really a singing team that also played basketball. Uh, we had a that, that played the guitar and sang. And so you know, we would sing on road trips. This is before, you know, you, you even had iPods or even Walkmans, right? So we go on a six-hour road trip. We'd entertain one another. And we would do things together. And I, you know, I think that grew out of that. And I think at some point, Mary Alice saw that and let it happen. And I think that's what a great coach does is when they see that chemistry happen, don't mess with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like this is where, you know, okay, something's happening here with this group and um, they got this right. Yeah. I just, I just need to push them. I mean, she pushed, right. I think that's what she did. She, she pushed us. We didn't always like it, but you know, uh, yeah. she, you know, she kept us very disciplined, you know, yeah. so, so Amy, you, you talked that there were struggles along the way in that year in particular, you started out three and six. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to us maybe a little bit about how the team turned it around other than singing together, which by the way, do you still sing when you get together? Oh yes. Yeah. We have a video of that. Huh, Deb? <laughs> Who's the best singer? Yeah. Oh, Melinda Spark, man. She yeah. is, I'm telling you, Absolutely. if they had Hee Haw today, she would be on Hee Haw. She is funny. Yeehaw. She can play the guitar and she can sing. I'm not kidding. She entertained us on the bus. She'd she'd teach us these songs and we would, you know. Um, But that year we started out. And one of the things is we were scoring like 85 points a game and we weren't winning. And I think that's when, um, you know, we talked to the coach and we're like, we need to be better at defense. I think some of us saw that. And, um, I think that's when she made some adjustments and, uh, you started to see Deb and I get a little more playing time. Melissa Leckie, one of our teammates who I'm telling you, if you were on the other team, you did not want her to guard you. I mean, (laughs) she, she knew how to get in the head and intimidate the best player on the other team. And, she is the nicest person off the court. She's a lord, but she got on and she would just have fire in her eyes. And you could see the girl on the other team. They're like, she'd be looking at her teammates like, help me. So, you know, um, <laughs> and then we all just really encouraged one another. And I, I do. I think it was our defense because we could score. That was never an issue. Right. I mean, we had 
like many teams, plenty of people who can score the basketball. But to play really great team defense, it's one of the things I love about Coach Morin, mm-hmm. right? I mean, she gets it. If you want to win a championship, I get, but you got to do it. You have to get a stop when you want to get a stop. You have to know. I mean, you know, I saw, we, we played at Kentucky and I'll tell a, a Deb story. Um, and this, because this sort of summed up our defense. We played Kentucky, who was considered to go, everybody thought they were going to the Final Four that year. We were on their turf. And they thought they hung the moon, right? They're Kentucky, right? <laughs> and I, there's a play that to this day I will never forget. And, you know, Deb sort of was out of her mind in that game. Um, and it's one of those games like getting fired up for Purdue. There's no problem getting fired up for Kentucky. And they had a girl, you know, I don't, she was shooting, well, maybe a, we didn't have three pointers, but she was shooting. Patty, well. Joe. Patty, Patty Joe. Had, and Deb came from, I don't know, probably the baseline, <laughs> jumps up in the air, slaps the ball in the air. Volleyball move. Volleyball move, yeah. To herself for a layup by Patty Joe's just standing there looking like oh, uh, well, so you, you got a steal, bit. an assist, and a bucket. Yes. Got it. Well, yes. a, little, <laughs> a, little, a little a little background on that. You had mentioned before, uh, I was on the Indiana All-Star and oh, we lost two Kentucky. And so when we played Patty Joe Hedges, and there was one other girl, and I can't think of her name. It, we lost our, our series between Indiana, Kentucky, and the Indiana All-Star. We lost both both games. And so when the opportunity came up to see a couple more All-Stars, Patty Joe was one, there was a little revenge. Oh, and I like that. We put it, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That we were, that game was unbelievable. But it was the defensive end. I mean, defense sparks like that play, that one defensive play can be a game changer in any game. And we started to have those. A lot of it was we talked. If you if you listen to our team, if you were near the court, I mean, we were yelling, come on, come on, get out, get out, you know, we were coming through. I mean, we were screaming, talking constantly, which I think really got into the heads of the opponent, right? I mean, it, it's, it makes you tense, that was, right? That was a good game. We fouled out. Valerie <laughs> still, they're all American. Yeah. She was fouled out. Yeah. Uh, when we played them, we shot 80% from the field. And I will tell you, we go to the locker room. This is a great story. We go to the locker room. Mary Alice, we see her sitting down saying, I can't believe how good you guys are playing. And then Ralph Floyd walks in our locker room. He comes in the right. locker room. Well, I don't even know. This is the athletic director yes. at the I was, time. I was getting ready to say, for those oh, who don't know, Ralph this, Floyd, the longtime athletic director. walks right into the locker room, right? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> but the best part, too. Yeah. yeah. That was a great, great week. But I remember, this will tell you the difference between sports now. One of our players said, who's that? (laughs) Because back then, there was such a separation of men and women's sports. That would never happen today. If Fred Glass, you know, I I mean, Scott Dolson walks in the locker room, they know who he is. Yeah. That, That is how far we've come. 
Yeah. And, and I want to ask you both you guys a question as well, because you talk about the, that separation. And that was something I remember back then reading a story, probably in the Annapolis Star, but about, but I remember there was talk about Coach Knight and Coach Jeremiah seemed to have a pretty solid relationship with each yeah, other. They did. And so was Coach Knight somebody that you, I don't want to say hung out, but did he at least have things to say to you guys when he saw you? I'll, yeah, I'll tell this. Yeah, Deb, tell the story when, about the locker room, <laughs> then I'll tell one about practice. <laughs> when, we, when we were in the NCAA tournament, got the Big Ten, got the uh, at-large bid, Coach Knight sent us fruit, juice that whole week. And then uh, he came to our locker room uh, to kind of give us an inspirational how to prepare for the tournament. And so he gave his piece of advice and we're all looking up to him, which you know how coach Knight looks to everybody or, you know, yep. and uh, he said his spiel and then he left and we mentioned Melinda Sparkman. It was, you could hear a pin drop. And then all of a sudden when he left and the door shut, Melinda Sparkman says, God has spoken. <laughs> and I'm sure she no, wasn't I, the only one to feel that way, right? Oh, we kind of looked. It was like, oh, wow. Wow. We, we she always, was right. We always practice, like, usually right after or before, depending on it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, right? So, um, often on the ones where they practiced after he would stay around, he'd stand under the basket. He'd tell us how proud he was of, you know, he, the end of the season, he invited us as his honored guest because that was the only year both the men and the women won, um, the big 10 that year. Mm -hmm. So we were his and their invited guests, you know, and that was when they had it on assembly hall, the end mm -hmm. of the year. And he told my, my roommate and I, Missy Lucky, one of my, the teammates said, if you guys, if you ever need anything, you know, come see me. But I will tell you, my first meeting with him scared the bejeebies out of me. <laughs> and the very first time I passed him going to the weight room and I just felt like you should salute him almost. Right. <laughs> like there is this level of respect. And he's he was huge. called the general. So, yeah, <laughs> he's huge. you don't get how big he is. Mm -hmm. You know, when you watch him on TV, he is a big man. But we were in preseason where we're just, it was before practice starts where you can meet and you just sort of scrimmage. But coach had us running some wind sprints, right? And he comes walking through the gym and he says, in the loudest, boomingest voice, what is this blank, blank, illegal practice going on? You know, and I, I, I like, you know, we all just stood there. He kind of walked behind the wall and then he peeked back in and said, just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. So he had this great sense of humor that if you weren't around, you know, people say all the time to me now, and I, Deb's probably heard this, you know, oh, we heard he wasn't good to women. And that's just so not true. It's just not true. He and Mary Alice have kept, as you probably know, Coach Knight's, you know, not in great health, but right. they have kept in touch all these years. They have remained good friends and they had, they figured out the way to have a really good working relationship. Yep. 
Awesome. And, okay, and, well, and let me just say, I yeah. think I would say, I think we recognize that so much of the doors are open and so much is because of what coach Knight did. And for Indiana basketball. Now, I think today we're in a different place. Terry's mm-hmm. she's on her own path. Those kids are doing it, but we knew in those mm-hmm. days we were walking in their footsteps and getting some of the advantages because of them. And we didn't resent that. We were thankful that that opened the doors for opportunities for us. There wasn't a competition between the men and the women. Right. As there isn't today. Right. They, mm-hmm. they really yeah. support one another. Yeah, absolutely. So, so maybe, um, maybe we'll start with you Let's fast forward now to our, our current, current program. And I, I believe that you were both in attendance um, when the women beat Purdue. Um, our whole team was there. Uh, yes, exactly. So you beat Purdue in front of a sold out crowd. And, um, the first time we've ever sold out assembly hall, right. For the women and it clinched a big 10 title. The first time since you ladies had won it. So that had to have been a huge range of emotions that it it were elicited. So maybe can you touch on that day, what it meant that you guys were being brought back to be honored for the 40 year anniversary of your title. And on top of it, watching the women in front of a sold out crowd beat Purdue for another title. Yeah, It it was, it was over the top. I mean, we started that day with a, a thing over in cook hall and um, you know, our teammates are there. And then they they brought all the alumni back. So we had our whole team and other alumni. So Mm -hmm. it's it's always just like this family affair, but you know, we we're on a 11 people or 12, how many are in our text group of our former teammates. Right. So um, like before every game we start, Hey, you know, okay, we're watching it. And you know, you do not want to be, watching the game while we're watching us because we're so technical and we're like that pick on the left, you should have gone, you know, and you know, we're probably harder on them. Right. You know, we're like, come on, you know, but we, during this buildup, right. We start to realize we might have a chance to win it for the first time in 40 years. And we're like, it's almost like we are afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't want to jinx it because we had a hard road up to the, up until Purdue, we had a hard road. We had to go at Ohio state, Iowa at home. So we were all really. And then right before that, I remember DJ and the text said, it's 40 years since they've done it. It's biblical. It's going to happen. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it was just, I don't know. It was unreal. Our parents were there. My parents were in assembly hall for the first time since I played. Um, it was incredible. It just, you know, we, I, I we think... wished we could have played in front of that many people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, you know, writing, writing with your parents, Amy, uh, my parents to this day still watch women's basketball mm-hmm. and with technology, I mean, you know, we're all apart and even our parents yes. and so on yes. and, and whole family is part of it. And, uh, that day was very special because, you know, you had Terry who was a camper when yeah. we were in mm-hmm. college. Yeah. And then, you know, for me to look out and see some of my teammates, kids, or I teach high school, some of my, uh, faculty members that I teach and their kids coming to the game 
in their Indiana uniform, excited. I mean, when when for next year, people have already called me, Deb, can you get me tickets? You know, and I'm like, well, I'll try. That but means <laughs> you know, Deb comes to the game. She it's comes a, it's a big deal. 20 people from Center Grove. <laughs> <laughs> you have an entourage, huh? <laughs> well, you know, but, but, you know, I, I talk a lot about Terry and I talk a lot about these teams and, uh, you know, I was at some meeting the other day and, and, uh, with my dad at UAW up in Muncie, Indiana, and people said, and they didn't know who I was. And they were like, you know, I kind of got into that women's team, you know, and I didn't even tell them anything. So, yeah. you know, when you're seeing, other people noticing what Terry's doing. And then Amy to feel that we were kind of a part of that when it started. Right. And then where it is now, I mean, it's, it's something that you can't really explain. You can, I guess, because, um, you know, it, it just means so much to all of us, but, uh, it's like, being anyway. part, it's like being in this family that you can't explain what it's like to be in. And I, I agree with Deb giving Terry credit because not every coach that's come through since we left has been as welcoming. Um, coach Jack was great, right? Um, she was great. I mean, Kurt was there such a short time, but you know, Terry has made us feel part of that. Like there's an extension. I think it's how it should be. Mm -hmm. Right. It's always night always had that when they were there, you know, the old time players come back, but when coaches change, sometimes that changes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that is why Terry, I mean, I, I think Deb would say, we feel like we know these kids. They connect us with them early in the year. We let them know, Hey, you know, we know, I realize it all looks good on the outside, but we know when you're playing Maybe you're not the kid that's getting the minutes you want. Maybe it's not easy. Everybody at that level wants to play and has been a superstar in high school. Yep. It's hard to sometimes sit on the bench or not have a good game. We want them to know or whatever else is going on in their lives, right? There's stuff going on you don't even know with family. We want them right. to know, you know, we're there for them. I mean, they... Terry and her staff do such a great job of making sure those kids have everything they need, but we want them to know we've been there. And if you need us, we're here. And our job is to only support you, not to yeah. criticize, not to yell. We are, you know, you're, you're part of us. And I, I think that that link when they finally won it after 40 years, it just, it felt like that connection. Like, yes, this, this, this is what we started and it went through reasons we don't have time to talk about in a podcast, but reasons that Purdue went up, we went down over this 20 year mm -hmm. period. And we have been working, working, working to get back to where we felt like we should have been in 83 at a national title game. Yeah. And Terry's done it. And with a very, I think similar style. We do not say Deb. It's a disciplined style. They play defense first. I mean, of course, basketball styles in general have changed, but sure. she's she's a defensive first coach. And I I love that. Yeah, for sure. But I'm gonna throw a shout out to the 72 team, Amy. Yes. You, you, yes. Uh Carol Kegley, you got Tara Vanderveer. 
who got into the in a, you know I'm going to throw out to them only because they I think deserve there's five of them that it went it ended up in coaching but this is the whole issue nobody knows about them because they're in the AIA day, W and they threw those records away. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know here. So, you know, we have people before us. We feel like we have given what we've given and even Terry's era, those kids have given you know, have done really well. And so, you know, my biggest thing is let's just keep it moving. And uh, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm so excited with women's basketball. And they've got the right person in there. You got Liz, you got Rhett, you got the whole coaching yes. staff. And I'm telling you, you what, it, it is it is awesome. Yeah, and the coach from Kentucky now. Well, and if we saw, <laughs> how many people, we, they had so many more for years you know, it was our group that came back. Now, the group in the 70s, they w went off and did, I mean, like Tara Vanderveer's in Stanford, so she can't come back. And that group was pretty amazing. They went on to do, like, yeah. great things. But it's been difficult to get alumni back because that experience wasn't always great. Terry has done that. And that, um, Deb, do you remember how many tickets were sold? We had that whole area under the bench, I mean, under the basket. Yeah. On the north, it was just side. good to see people. It was mm -hmm. good to see people oh, and see that's alumni, former players. Yeah, so I want to ask both of you since you mentioned it, Terry. And we saw this in our in our research that Terry Morin had been a camper at Coach Jeremiah's summer camp. Yes, and so what do you remember about Coach Morin as the player? But also, then can you kind of double up with that? Got any funny more Coach Morin well, stories you can tell us? Deb, who was her who was her coach? We think it was mean? Rochelle. Yeah, we think it was Rochelle. It was like it, according to the article oh, I read. Oh yeah, she it was, it was, was Rochelle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, you know, Terry came from a great high school. Uh, Donna Sullivan, Sullivan. who uh, uh, you know, and uh, you know, extension from Dallas. Donna, extension from Donna Sullivan, some of her players. I mean, oh my gosh, with Terry, with her yeah. success, I mean, there's so many people that are following her, you know, at, even as a high school player, then as a coach, her former players are also following her here to IU. And, uh, you know, uh, she's just a great, great person and a great coach and i told fred glass at some banquet i turned to him to the side and i said ted or i i said you know fred you picked a good one and you know that was the first year that she was there and you know the rest is history she's an indiana kid that's all you need to know about terry and that's we at, at Indiana, and I think you got, you know, we know this. It's like there's something special about being a Hoosier and something different. And and we had people on our team who weren't from Indiana, but they came in and they got it. Like Missy and Boz from Michigan, they get it. I mean, Boz stayed here. She's <laughs> lived here. But a DJ from, you know, they, they understood that, right? And I think we were looking for that, somebody who got what it meant, right? And that it wasn't too late to be great again. I mean, this, we've been saying this. If if you win, you will fill Assembly Hall. Trust me. <laughs> People love basketball in this state. And, you know, there were former coaches that said to me, 
now, Amy, it's not like that anymore. I said, trust me, if you win here, you will see what happens. And I, I just, I'm with Deb, man. Terry is the right person and she is doing it right. She did yeah. it right. She didn't do it fast. Um, she makes the right choices. She's the players love her. They re and they respect her and they care about these kids. And I mean, we're all in, we tell her whatever you need, you know, we are behind you. We said, what did we say? Uh, when she won, when, when she became the winningest coach at IU, our team decided to send. So in this group text, we're like, well, let's send her Rose. Well, how many games did she win? It was like, I don't know. Was it 187 or something? <laughs> and Sparky's like, well, how many, how much does it cost for 187 roses? And somebody, <laughs> I'm sure we calculated it. She's our, you know, she's like thousands of dollars. We're like, let's stick with the smaller number, right? Yeah, this it doesn't sound good. But we send her red and white roses to say, we are proud of you. We are behind you. So do you have any funny Coach Morin stories that you can share for public well, consumption? I didn't know Terry back then. I don't remember at camp, but I will say, and Deb will agree with me, what happens at camp stays at camp. <laughs> How about any recent stories? Do you got any recent stories and you again, can share with us? What, what happens, you know, when we're out that, you know, it's kind of like that family yeah. thing, gotcha. right? Um, you know, uh, no worries. So uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think we know Terry at that level, but I, I yeah. just have the utmost respect for her, you know, where she's come from being assistant and then the head coach. Uh, I have had former players who played for me play for her mm -hmm. and uh, you will see them. Like I said before at the games that, you know, down at IU because they have that respect for and, uh, you know, one thing that resonated with me, um, you know, we have the NIL going on. And one thing I remember in a meeting and someone said, and this is Terry and this is also Woody's uh, philosophy. Mm -hmm. If you're coming here for money, then you're in the wrong place. Yep. We want you here because yep. you want to be here for your education and Indiana basketball. And, you know, I know you want something funny, but I truly believe that's how it is here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not every university is right for everyone. Yep. Uh, but I will tell you, watching Terry, every kid that I've seen from their freshman year to their senior year has improved every year. And so I can say, if you want to come to IU, we're going to make you the best player. And I've seen it. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to come here, that's all right. That's a, that's a choice you have. But if you come here, you are going to end up your senior being the best player, uh, uh, that, that you will ever become. Yeah. 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 You can see all kinds of examples about that. Can't I think, and I think doing it right, you know, Deb and I played in an area where we era, where we took so much pride in that we didn't cheat. Uh -huh. and, I know that sounds funny, but there are a lot of places and people know who they are and players and coaches know who they are that aren't necessarily doing it all the right way. And I, you know, I come from a family of teachers. My parents were college educators and high school educators. And 
you know, I believe we go to college to get our education first and, you know, we, we play basketball second. And I appreciate that both our men and women's programs, and I think all our sports, because it's our athletic department, right? But, but Terry has proven that is important to her. When, when our women have a 3.65 or 6.7 GPA, it's the highest in, and that's over two, you have to understand the basketball is over two semesters Mm -hmm. and it's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, a one semester sport is easier to do really well in your grades. That's because she is recruiting the kind of kids that take academics seriously. Um, They are great kids. And, you know, I just think that is about doing it right. And you maybe don't get instant success, but now that you've got it, she will be able to sustain it because, and you hear all these kids say that our latest recruit, I'm coming to Indiana because it's a family atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard that a lot. Yeah. That is who we are. She is. And Terry's just being who Terry is. She's not trying to be anybody else. And I love that she's humble and she lets her assistant coaches, you know, have power and do things and have a voice. She doesn't need to be the person out in front. And she always gives the kids credit. Yeah. If they lose, it's her fault. If they win, it's the players. And that's, and that's, that's basically what every good coach does. Every, you know, at least my opinion, yes. every good coach does yeah, that. You, exactly. you win, I lose, and, and things like that. And Deb, yeah. I remember Deb coaching and being an assistant at least at one time at Center Grove. You know, I, I, I imagine that was much the philosophy there as well. Uh, we want to try and wrap this up. We told we try to keep you to about an hour, and we're getting pretty close to that. And we, and we really appreciate having you. You're talking about yeah. that period in between when you <laughs> left, and 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 here we are now. We may have to have you back on in the future for an, another <laughs> podcast about what was kind of the, the some of the issues in there, but um, toughest. Uh, this was one of the things I always like to ask. You know, I asked this to Grace Berger a couple times when I was doing a show with her. Um, toughest place to play when you played in the Big Ten. Again, I know crowds were different and things like that, but what was the toughest place for you to play? I hate in the Big Ten. I hate yeah, because when you played, you fell off. If you if you go for the ball, you fell off the end of the court. And and go out of the game, you're sitting in the bench, you're short like me. Here's the point. I could barely see what was happening. I hated Minnesota. It hasn't changed a bit. Nope. Nope. How about which for you, is, Deb? Which is kind of cool. But yeah, you know, that was, you know, you walk into well, I think there's an ice rink close. So when we go to the locker room, it was freezing cold because the ice yeah. rink was close or whatever. Um, wow. I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, back then Minnesota was really, really good. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. Minnesota is a tough place, but at the same time, we, I love it because it's, it's historic and you know, they're still playing there today, which is really kind of cool. Yeah, it is. I think we're the kind of players and I think devil say this or team it's like, you know, we like a challenge. There's nothing like going into a place and playing and they don't like, oh, this is good. We like this. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. You know, that just makes us more fired, fired up. And I, I think that's, you know, it's a good competitor. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we've got now on the team. Kids like that. Yeah. So from one of our um, uh, normal listeners, Phil, he had a question. I thought this was kind of interesting. So 
if you had the 1983 Big Ten Championship team and the 2023 Big Ten Championship team play, who do you think would, who do you think would win? You two competitors. You know, I know. I, know. I mean, <laughs> I think, I think, I think we would fill Assembly Hall to watch that game. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. What DJ was a hard guard. Okay, Ooh. she's quick. She could spin, um, and she had hands. You could not knock the ball out of her hands. And you know, she was scoring that year. She was scoring thirty points and averaging thirty points and fifteen rebounds a game. And then we, had, think- and then we had people like Debbie and Deb and Miss. And I'm telling you, you don't want those two guarding you. You do not want them guarding you. Although that might have fouled out of a few more games because now they have instant replay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you get by with what you can until you get caught. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how you true. play the game. I think yeah. you play within the rules. I yeah. think we were very tough-minded. I think this team was tough-minded, and I, I agree with Deb. I think it would have been it would have been a heck of a game. We'd like yeah. to play it. I know. Absolutely. If we could have a time machine and go back in time well, and I will do end that. with what our teammate Missy says, because you know we get better every year. In our <laughs> yeah. life, right? As you get older, yep. we're better every year. Yeah. The fish keeps growing, right? <laughs> yeah. So hey uh Kathy, you got anything else you want to ask you guys? Um, I could keep going forever, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll maybe wrap it up here. I'll play a little bit of our, our Bob Thompson music and we'll uh, wrap it up. I I think I want to say about my teammate, Deb, there's no greater teammate. She was right next to me in the locker room and she got us fired up every game. She does this little chant (laughs) that she would do. And, and to this day, if you need something, I was going to say, can she still do it? Maybe we can get it in a warm up. Um, But, you know, and Debs also is the state championship coach in volleyball. So we got people like that who know what it's like to be on both sides. And I think so. He sees Terry and our coaching staff looks at him in a different light than the rest of us. You know, Deb's been there. She's done it on every level. Well, we're all in. Terry Morin, we're all in 100 percent. And. Uh, we're going to get us that national championship. Just stay with us. Yep. And we will all be there. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yes, there's a reason why Jeff and I started this podcast was for a number of reasons. Um, one was to help grow, hopefully, the support of our women as, as well, the current team, but also to go back and to be able to hear about the history of it and learn from from women like yourself. So thank you for for both of you taking the time out of the evening, even while you're up in Canada. Yeah, um, absolutely. Of so the trees in, there. In it August, looks beautiful. In August, the entire team is going to be in Scottsburg, Indiana, uh, at Sparky's. Uh, what do you What do you call God's it? country? Her, God's her, country. God's country. She calls her little property <laughs> out there. It's a big piece of land. So, if you need any excerpts from uh, teammates, then you you could. Uh, <laughs> we all get together once a year and gather down there, and it's it's a lot that of sounds fun. Sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Lots all of right. lots of singing still. Good. (laughs) All right, Jeff, let's take it out here. Yep. All right. 
Hey, so coming up, AC Radio will be back tomorrow with their normal Thursday show. Our next show will be next Tuesday, the 11th, when we talk with incoming freshman Lene Beaumont. Watch Twitter for details. You can follow us at Twitter or just search Doing the Work on Twitter, and you can follow, and we'll keep up with the news there. If you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can be a part of our private community as well. Join today at assemblycall.com. Uh, dot com slash community special thanks to john ringer for rigdesign.com for designing our new logo and also a big thank you to bob thompson for our new music that you heard through the broadcast and thank you for listening we'll be back to talk iu hoops again with you soon until then keep your elbow in your eyes on the rim and go hoosiers Awesome. Awesome. Well, Amy, hey, hey, thank, yeah. yeah, thanks so much. And this will be fun because we're following this up. Um, I don't know if you caught it on Tuesday. We're actually interviewing Lene Beaumont. She's one of the incoming freshmen. Yes. Oh, on yeah. Tuesday. Ooh, on Tuesday. I, love, I love that kid. I, I met yeah. her in the games. What a great, she's a three-point shooter. Hey, yes. I, I didn't really necessarily know how to ask this in the middle of the podcast, but but Deb brought up a couple things, uh, coaches, and you and, and you played for a Hall of Famer, Marilyn Ramsey. Just you know, a little bit maybe, especially for the girl. Let me rephrase that because you're not girls. For the, the women your age, for the women your age, how what were some of those role models like? A Marilyn Ramsey, a Donna Sullivan, uh, a, a, a Cinda Brown, who I grew up with in oh. Rushville. Uh, I mean, you got you guys had some really outs, and those are just a few. Don't I'm not trying to eliminate because there are all kinds of women who coached that era. What just how strong a role model like a Marilyn Ramsey was, and those other coaches yeah, were for you, you know, women, and and Marilyn and. And she was great because she admitted she didn't know a ton of basketball, right? And so my dad and Chuck Mounder would help in the summertime and stuff. But it was, Marilyn was, it was the kind of person that she was. I mean, she was a deeply religious person and cared deeply. And it was more than winning. And she made that uh, very clear always. And one of the things that most impressed me is we would go visit the team. Once we got pop, you know, and won the state, there were these people that were like a shut in or somebody that had MS that they knew. And they would take, Marin would take our team to go visit them, trying to show us that, you know, you have influence on other people now that you, you know, and you want to use that for good. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm on the hall of fame board with people like, you know, Donna Sullivan and Cinda Brown, I mean, uh, you know, Cinda Brown back. I mean, I, every time I see her, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I grew up in Rushville. So I, Cinda's a, I love Cinda and Donna Sullivan. I mean, we're trying to get him to name uh, uh, whatever you can do. We are trying to get him to name the Seymour Alice Laskowski. John's wife is working with the group, trying to get them to name the floor. Um, the gym is named for, for Alice's father. Bonner Scott. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. And they are trying to get the floor named in Donna's honor. And she said her dad would love nothing more than that. And, you know, there again, there is not a better person that walks the face of the earth than Donna Sullivan. Well, and you talk about going down to Scottsburg. I mean, that's Donna Cheatham. I mean, just there were so many of those women. I used to go because Sparky played for Donna and we would go and we'd go visit Donna Cheetah and she'd spend time with us. Just 
just incredible, incredible women, really. And, you know, they did not, I'm just telling you, most of them did yeah. not have it easy. Yeah. Hey, we want to, we want to thank you for yeah. joining us. And I really, really appreciate it because you and Deb gave us some really great insight into what it was like yeah. to be part of that program. Oh, well, yeah, thank for you guys. Sure. Gave us some great stories and helped us bridge some of the gap and stuff. And yeah, well, I'll send you a link to this. It's out on YouTube. So I'll send that link to you to the YouTube video um, and okay. that we can share it with all your teammates and stuff. And if any of them want to come on and tell their own stories, let let me know. And Jeff and I are happy to, to oh, accommodate yeah. and try to, and even from other teams, even, you mentioned team from the seventies. Oh, yeah, um, oh, uh, Terry, Fant, we've got some people that would be great. I mean, We've got authors from that group. I mean, yeah. again, they were a state finals or a, a final four group and a final eight group that, you know, we did finally bring them back and honor them. So we've yeah. been, have been great. You know, doing some things. So I just got word that Grace Burger's having a, a really good night so far with the fever. So good, good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping. I mean, they want to win, play Grace. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. What I I mean, all right. What she's a winner, right? Yep. A she winner. knows how to do it. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead Amy. and end the recording. But yep. Amy, thanks again. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Love yeah. to have you back sometime. Hey, anytime. Yeah. We're we're available. Anything we can do to support IU women's basketball, we're all Sounds in. Sounds wonderful. As Deb said we're all in. Yep. Thank all right. You guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye bye.